Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Great to be with you. Great to be back in studio. Hope you're well. I'm Jeff, Director Matthew in studio, Tom at the house. But we're here. We're all together. It's okay. It's good to be back on a Monday. And what an eventful weekend it was. I'll get to all of it, really, everything from Friday on through the weekend to where we stand today. And what a busy week this will be as Florida State is on the cusp of starting Spring football practice. Look forward to it. On Twitter, it is at Jay Cameron Show. You can find it there. It is going to be a fun week for us. Uh, opportunity, I think a fun week for everybody who gets excited about covering uh, or watching or, or, or listening and talking about Florida State Athletics. Uh, obviously, the luncheon this week, we get to go visit the tour of duty this week as well. Uh, as uh, That will be Thursday morning, bright and early. Uh, but all of this on the heels, and it makes it all the more exciting, all of this on the heels of what happened last week at the uh, BOT meeting where uh, Michael Alford, uh, with the clarion call, as I would describe it, uh, letting folks know it's about time for us to ride. Now, it is complicated, and there's a lot to work through that. And on that front, even though we will talk about it today, and I'll give you my opinion about that and, and what it meant or what I think he was signaling, perhaps, uh, Wednesday night, it looks like we're going to have an opportunity to do some, uh, little war chant TV. I will host that and we'll have uh, members of the staff. I'm not sure, Tom, if we settled in on which group of, uh, folks of this massive staff will be joining me on that night. I look forward to it. I know whomever it will be, will be, uh, fun and informed and, and interesting. And, and so I would assume it's, uh, you know, Ira, Cor- I don't know who all is going to be there, but, uh, I, I would think Ira, of course, is going to be one of the two. Uh, he just had uh, posted within the last, I'd say, 90 minutes a Good column on the site, which is excellent. And uh, if your eyebrows weren't raised on Friday with some of the comments from the Board of Trustees meeting, maybe they would be raised after reading a quote or two from his column today. So he's definitely going to be a part of it. I, you know, Gene loves to get involved with this kind of stuff as well, talking about the big picture. Uh, and, and we had a conversation on Warchant TV on Friday after the meeting was over. So he might be as well a favorite. I would put him down as a favorite if we were doing props on what Warchan staff is going to be there. But Ira, most certainly, he's minus 10,000. Well, I look forward to it because I think everybody's got an opinion on this and everybody likes this topic because it's of great interest to anybody who cares about Florida State. I mean, this is one of those unanimously we're all intrigued by topics, right? This isn't like, oh, I really like softball, but the guy over here doesn't give a damn about softball. I really like Baseball, the guy over here doesn't care about baseball, only football. This is the future of Florida State Athletics. This is, the, in, in many ways, uh, the university. So you look at 
big picture the importance of this subject matter and you realize that uh, this is, is it's captured the imagination of, of so many. Uh, I look forward to that uh, 7 o'clock War Chant TV roundtable. I got confirmation today that uh, ESPN.com's David Hale will join us as well for that. I look forward to getting his perspective, obviously, as somebody who covers the ACC for ESPN. No doubt he'll have a perspective that might differ solely from those that are looking at it through the lens of what's best for Florida State or Clemson, for that matter. And it will be fascinating. So I look forward to that. Just wanted to throw that out there. You're right to draw attention to Iris' column today on Warchant.com about this subject matter. Ira will join us on the show uh, this afternoon. First of all, on the field, let's get with the getting. You know, what a disastrous campaign it has been for Florida State basketball this year. But tell me that you didn't absolutely take a moment to savor the joy and the pain in the eyes of Miami fans everywhere as they did the unthinkable. What a devastating and embarrassing defeat for Miami basketball at home. Now, it's not something that should leave them bereft of hope. It's not something that should even surprise them. What I mean by that is they're used to losing to Florida State in basketball. They have now done so 10 of the last 11 times they have played Florida State. So, oh, well, a loss to Florida State. It's just what we do if you're Miami. Oh, well, a loss at home to Florida State. It's just what you do if you're Miami. But when you consider that I think you can make a very compelling case that Miami is the best team in the ACC in the sport of basketball this year, and Florida State, not the worst, but certainly in the conversation as one of the worst teams in the ACC this year, and trailing by 25 in the second half on the road. Yeah, yeah. Add all those factors together, and it is shocking. It is stunning, and it was joyous. The mini camera angles from the student section, the John Ruiz disgust as it fell before him at his feet, and the celebration began as he walked away in disgust, recognizing, oh, yeah, like a dumbass, I tweeted out at halftime, FS who? Clown. Add to the laundry list of dumbassery for John Ruiz since he's been a public figure representing Miami and their NIL. That clown show continues, and that loss, whoo, that'll stick in the coffers. That's a toughie. That's a toughie out of you. Walk out of the Wasco there thinking, man, I'm used to losing to Florida State. They kind of bend us over on the regular but, man, I thought today up 25, there was just no way. You can't possibly blow it to that team. No way, no how. But they did. They did in a most beautiful fashion. Credit to Matthew Cleveland, who's made it a habit of hitting big, big shots as the buzzer rings. Florida State gets the win rather improbably and sets records in the process. It should be noted, uh, some, of, some of those records, and I'll get to all of that, it's comical. But it was the largest deficit overcome in a conference game in the 70-year history of the ACC. So you got that on the ledger. Add that one. It was the biggest lead ever blown by an AP top 25 team in a loss. Not everybody recognizes that one. I'll say it again. It was the largest lead 
ever blown by an AP Top 25 team. They've been playing basketball for a long time. Nobody's ever choked it away the way that Miami did in this fashion as an AP Top 25 team. So glorious indeed, celebrate at their expense, recognizing, of course, that Florida State hasn't been good at basketball this year. It is the one moment to shine in the sun, and it was awesome. Onward we move. Questions about what Florida State would discover on the road against a TCU team that was ranked in the top 10, and we understand early season, in particular, early season college baseball polls are dubious indeed. But a program that has consistently fielded one of the better teams in that conference, a program that has projected several Major League Baseball players and one that is preseason in the top 10, is a stern test for Florida State. Uh, A team, obviously, under new leadership in Link Jarrett, one that went into the games undefeated, but with some question marks about their toughness, the consistency with which they can play, the pitching staff and the depth of said pitching staff in particular. And all the Knowles do is go on the road and acquit themselves more than nicely. They take the series, winning the first two games of said series, 10 to 1 and 10 to 8. And by rights, should have won yesterday's game if not for fielding lapses, which is something we will be keeping a close eye on as that cost them the game yesterday. Now, the bats didn't show up yesterday in the way that they have in each and every game this year. And that is the added bonus. I think when you look at this Florida State team, we'll watch to see how much better they get uh, defensively. But I think the consistency in this offense will really be on display for much of the year, certainly the top to the middle part of the lineup. I think when we get down there and some of the youth uh, reveals itself lower in the order and you see some of the freshmen that play there, uh, they looked overmatched at times. You saw some kids really look overmatched. But beyond that, I think Florida State has enough offensively to uh, be a thorn in the side of most of the teams that they'll face in weekend series. Now, there's a long way to go, and I said this before the series began, and I'll reiterate it again here. This series wasn't going to tell you whether or not Florida State is going to win the College World Series or even be a College World Series participant, and it wasn't going to tell you if they lost this weekend series that they were a bad team that was going to struggle to compete in their own conference or anything of the ilk. I understand that, but you can get excited by results, even regular season three-game series results. It doesn't mean you shouldn't embrace aspects of what is revealed as you learn them. And I do think for Florida State, the approach at the plate is a good one. An awful lot of contact, an awful lot of hard contact. But something sticks out to me that I wondered about before the season began, and it's something that I'm going to continue to watch because it seems to me to be evident. And that is, there's a breath of fresh air. It's a program that I think has a bunch of guys happy to come to work. The clubhouse is no longer fractured. The clubhouse is a place that's probably a lot of fun to be. And when you're a good team or you have good players, and they were not devoid of good players even last year, getting the most out of that talent is incumbent upon the coach. Obviously, the player has to take ownership of that as well. And there are a lot of facets that come into play as to whether or not you can see that potential and have it realized. Well, I think one of the quickest ways to have it realized is for guys to be relaxed, to be around one another, and to enjoy each other's company, and to play hard for one another. That, well, that is overwhelmingly evident 
through the early portion of this season, and it resulted in a series victory for Florida State against TCU. Florida State, no doubt, will be ranked now, and now no longer a team that we wonder, are they capable of playing with the better teams? We'll see. There are bigger series to come and important series to come, and we'll learn more each time they play. But you got to like this team. They're a lot of fun early on, and, you know, we can start to draw some conclusions to some extent. You know, how good is the pitching really going to be? Baumeister was simply fantastic. He got a big boy start yesterday. That was good to see. Saturday, eh, you know, obviously the depth of pitching you worry about. Do they have three front-line starters for a weekend rotation? Maybe, maybe not. They got two. We'll learn more as the weeks go by. That was fun. I'll circle back in a moment to talk about what's going on with ACC, Florida State, its place in the conference. But, Tom, would you echo those or share any concerns or anything else to, to illuminate regarding the baseball team? Yeah, I think they've got three quality arms, and and that's what we know right now through two weeks. Montgomery's always had the stuff, but mm. he looks like he's comported himself much better, more consistently. This was a good test for him. He needed a couple of days because of a lower body issue. They wouldn't go into specifics, but that's why he started on Sunday. There wasn't a demotion. Big-time start from Bob Meister on Friday. And Correct. then Crowell, what do you do with him? What do you do with him? Do you make him somebody who's available to you twice a weekend? I think that was originally the plan, but he threw 40-plus pitches on Friday and was lights out. Or do you convert him to a starter? Because if you do that, and he's obviously got the stuff, meaning the stamina to be a starter, that's that's nothing new, then you have a weekend rotation that's stacked. Where Who's your three? It's, it's actually tough. You might set it up each weekend based upon the lineup you're facing. But if those are your three starters, then who are your three most reliable bullpen arms? So they've still got issues with the pitching staff, but I feel a hell of a lot better than I did before the season started about what their starting rotation will look like in a given weekend as we set up for the important series and conference play. Again, the back half of the schedule has a ton of ranked teams. I think the ACC had eight teams in the top 25 of, of this week's rankings. In D1 baseball, Florida State is up to number 16 in the country. TCU, curiously, drops to 10th. Not sure how that works, but okay, whatever. Florida State is back in the conversation there. I feel good about the first six innings if they've got to have if it's a must-have two out of three kind of weekend. I just don't know how they're going to get to the 27th out. And then also there are going to be some extra outs that you just have to account for. Uh, defensively right now, not the greatest uh, in the infield. And I think you should expect an error or two, or uh, if not one that's put on the score sheet, then something that, you know, you say, I really would have appreciated if we make that play. I think that's a routine play. And you might disagree with the official score. Those are the things that are the concern. I'm not too worried about the offensive approach and, and the production that you're going to get out of the lineup. Uh, Ross has been a very good player. He wasn't available yesterday. And then once that kid got out of the first inning for TCU and he walked in two runs, that breaking ball was unhittable by our veterans just as much as our freshmen. So I think that was a, more of a, a storyline about a kid who found a groove and had a wipeout breaking ball pitch that we just couldn't solve. And then their closer that came in for the final few innings threw a lot of meatballs that we just couldn't square up and hit out of the ballpark. So, uh, again, I think the offense is going to be fine. Frontline pitching looks to be okay. How the hell do you get from your starter? to that 27th out, I think, is going to be the critical thing. Well, balls that we did square up and hit hard and then slipped running out of the batter's box inexplicably yeah. all three times. I mean, get some yeah, damn nice. plates, boys. What the hell are we doing? Yeah. Um, and there were a couple of shots to right yesterday. Both yeah. teams, yeah. they out hit us, and, and we got out of a couple of jams. I think we were a little fortunate, Not actually. the double in play way. in the big key situation on first and third. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, two two huge double plays. Yeah, but the you know, there was the one was huge. Yeah. There was the Tibbs hit to right, and then also carry on second at bat to right field. I think that certainly at Hauser, that's gone with the short porch there. Uh, but the the field conditions, the temperature and such, I, we probably produced a few more runs yesterday. But all in all, it's just a pleasure to watch Florida State baseball, and that's probably the big takeaway through seven games. Yeah, I'll be watching Nander really closely. He stinks uh, defensively. He's impossible to watch, and he's an error waiting to happen. Uh, so, you know, we'll see if they make a move there. Uh, I root for the kid. Nothing personal. A little tough love to start the year. Um, I'm going to need him to get a lot better. He reminds me of when he was here last time. Um, so, I mean, I was hoping that the time away somehow would have improved his ability to make routine plays, uh, but they, but it hasn't. Uh, you know, there, there are moments where you're like, oh, well, that, that could cost you the game. Going to need you to make a simple throw to a shortstop that's uh, got a routine double play here, and we're out of the inning. So, yeah, that, that's frustrating. Other than that, you know, I feel pretty good about where they're headed. And you're right, the pitching, the depth of pitching will be what we're looking at. All right, so because I want to get, uh, you know, really down deep in the muck with this thing regarding what FSU Athletic Director Michael Alford had to say and why I think he said it to varying degrees, uh, you know, there, there are some points that Ira made in his piece that I completely agree with. I think there's some added things to, to, to point out here that, um, not were, not, that weren't left out, just opinions that I have regarding how this was brought up and kind of what it meant. It reminded me of, uh, of a married couple on the verge of uh, a, a tough moment in which uh, counseling may be necessary. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply the jeff cameron show is a production of the warchant.com multimedia network check out warchant.com today for the latest news inside florida state athletics that's warchant.com now back to jeff on real talk 93.3 yeah i could take a hint from you good choice given the opening lyrics Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Appreciate you joining us. Hope you're going well on a Monday. Florida State's Michael Alford decided to address the elephant in the room. And he didn't say anything that I think in any way shocks really any football savvy individual. And I'm not just talking about Florida State fans. I'm talking about folks that follow the sport as a whole, that understand the ever-changing landscape of where this is headed. And uh, the inexorable run at super conferences, in particular two of them. And we can lament bygone eras or decisions that could have been made a long time ago that would have helped us avoid the current set of circumstances. 
that has assailed college football over the last, say, 10, 15 years. Uh, but the ship has sailed. And so now you certainly are anchored in, I think if you're an athletic director or school president, uh, you are, you know, locked in to the idea that, okay, now what's best for my school? What's best for Florida State? What can we do to help mitigate the effects of being some $30 million behind those we seek to compete with in annual revenue? And, of course, as was pointed out by Michael Alford, it's not a one-time $30 million fee. This will just continue exponentially. And so Florida State has to figure out sooner rather than later how best to position themselves. There are a lot of ways to to look at uh, what was done there. I have to tell you, uh, it's not lost on me, Tom, and I'll bring you into this here so we can have a good back and forth. The humor that took place on Friday, first of all, this was all calculated and set up, in my opinion. The question was asked for a very specific reason. They knew the question was going to be asked. He certainly did. He was prepared. Those numbers We're not just right there by accident. Everybody knows that this was calculated. Fine. Should be. That's good. The bigger question becomes from people, why did they choose now? And and Ira addresses that, and I think there's certainly elements of truth to that. They have not been hearing what they would like to hear from the other member institutions. They have not been able to get the response or the desired response from the ACC. Got it. That's fair. That's good. Um, Yeah, look. This has been so totally mismanaged by the ACC, they really run the risk of not existing here real soon, in my opinion. Um, So when you look at this, the first thing I thought of, it was not an accident when he brought up the numbers and he illustrated before you not just that Florida State represents 70% and all that stuff that we alluded to, right? More viewers than the ACC average, right? (laughs) Did you think it was funny that it was pretty clear on that there chart that North Carolina and Duke are useless. He might as well have just said, by the way, there has we've been living this lie that Duke matters. You'll see here by these numbers, they don't matter even a little bit. Useless ass Duke might as well be Lenore Ryan, Lee's McCray, any of those other small ass schools in the state of North Carolina you want to reference. They do nobody any good at all. That's what Duke represents on this chart. If you'll notice, it's not just Duke. North Carolina sits just three spots ahead of them. So if you're under this other misnomer that North Carolina drives any kind of television ratings in football, you're wrong about that too, pal. Look at here. They suck. They too are useless. The entirety of the triangle makes up a whole lot of nothing when it comes to television viewers in football. This is the circle of suck. This is really a lost cause. We need to extricate ourselves from these losers. He could have just as easily said that. He could have said, it's us in Clemson, and the rest of these bitches need to see us in their rear view. We are out. Now, that's just me being very crass, noting that that is another way of suggesting Florida State's position amongst the rest of these clowns. You know me, and you know some of the things that have bothered me over the years, and we, we each have our topics that we latch on to. For example, yours is four consecutive days, play Florida in baseball. What are we doing with these Tuesdays? Tired of it. For me, it was we have been carrying the water. Much heavier is the container with the water in it. 
for Wake Forest and Syracuse and Boston College with their small enrollments and their equal pay. Yet we're the ones, we're the reason that they're in a position. It's like if you said, Tiger Woods, thank you for all the help for the PGA Tour. However, after every week of competition, every player gets the same amount of money. Right. Thank you, Tiger. Thank you for what you've done for us. Enjoy your $222,000 for participating in this weekend's tournament. And it's bugged me for a long time to the point where you're like, all right, Tom, we know. We understand where you stand on the issue. Well, finally, man, we're getting the moment where it is now brought before public record that the university is willing to say this and put pressure on the process. Like I said, a week ago or two weeks ago, when Texas and Oklahoma negotiated their way out a year early from the Big 12, different situations, I'll grant you, at least we have a price on it now. Well, I didn't know that Florida State went ahead and found its own price. They're saying it's $120 million to leave the ACC mm. independent of the grant of rights. I know. I understand. Yeah, that matters but a lot. Of course it does. It matters but a lot more. Than, yeah. Of course. Of course. But they have gone to painstaking lengths to research their own position and what it would take to make an exit. And they seem at peace with whatever that number is, hidden or otherwise, because you have a quote like Peter Collins I'll today to going quote, on the record. Yeah, 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 we have a very good handle on the grant of rights. Yeah, I'll, well, that just suggests that they're willing to challenge it and that perhaps they think there's a way out. We don't know that yet. I don't think he knows that yet either. It would have already been done if we knew it for sure. But it does suggest that they're willing to continue to push the issue. Let's clarify for our listeners the number that they referenced, and you're right, uh, just the ACC, $126 million, whatever it was that he said. Okay, that's fine. If that were the case, we would have already done it. We should just do it, by the way, because you can finance that over 30 years and you're out the damn door tomorrow. That's fine. Just get on with the getting. Let's, let's go. Let's get out. But if you're talking about the grant of rights, most estimations suggest somewhere near $600 million to do that. And that is a very different conversation and a very different number. When you combine the two, you're talking about close to a billion dollars. Florida State's not going to do that. I understand. And that's why I thought that that window of five years or so, as of, again, the Texas and Oklahoma development, because right. this thing changed, the timestamp changes and the information changes. But at that moment, I said the light at the end of the tunnel is here because every day you get closer to 2036, that settlement figure lowers in terms of, of what it is you need to pay. Because we're not renewing. We're not sticking around in the ACC for the long term. You're dead and you don't even know it yet, or you're ignorant to that fact. That's correct. If you're Wake Forest, Syracuse, and Boston College. And I celebrate the fact that they're dead. Well, I look forward to their death. It's <laughs> going to be wonderful. The schadenfreude there, fine. Gotcha. But here's the thing, though. You're hitting on something that I think has not been touched on. I think some of what Michael Alford was doing was signaling to those programs that you need to leave too. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be dissolved. You need to ride. I said it rather crassly a moment ago. Time to ride, bitches. It's over. It's over. So why would you do it? Well, the number eight is very important because at that point, you have no grant of rights. You have no conference. You can go. You can just leave. If you get eight people to say, yeah, we don't like it either, we're out, and everybody decides to go, then you've got you know the upheaval you need to walk to break the deal. And I think that's he's trying to tell all those schools, if you can get a better deal right now, go to the Big 12, go wherever it is, if you think that's a – more stable set of circumstances. 
than what the ACC is going to be in three years, in seven years, in eight years, in 10 years, then you should take it. You should leave. Because, by the way, guys, what I'm telling you here today is we are leaving. This yeah. You'd never put the genie back in the bottle. He just said publicly, I said it before we went to break, I made the joke that this is akin to, to one spouse saying to the other that they'd like to seek marriage counseling. And when a husband or a wife says that to their spouse, I'm not happy, I think we need to see a marriage counselor, it rarely ends well, everybody. It rarely ends well. You, my friend, are looking at the beginning of the end. Start banking on that divorce and figuring out which apartment complex you can temporarily live in while you seek housing. Because it ain't going to come back around. Somebody fell out of love. Somebody did something that has upset the other to the point where now we are going to address openly and honestly the problems, the foibles of this marriage. My man went to the family reunion and in front of everybody went, I'm not happy with Carol. I don't know if I'm going to be at next year's family reunion. I'm sorry. It just needed to be said, everybody. This is the last one of these you're going to see me at. I really appreciate your cake, Susan. It's delicious every year. Bob, great job on the grill. I don't think I'm back next year. Carol and I got problems. And everybody, as he walked to his car, knowing that he had had one too many and addressed the elephant in the room, went, I just didn't think it would happen. We all knew they were having problems. We all knew it. I just was surprised they made it through last year. But now, look at him. I feel bad for her. She looks terrible. So there you are. You're in this situation. Michael's like, yeah, man, this ain't it. We're done. And the whole league was talking about it that afternoon. You could go across the entirety of the ACC footprint, and I did this just for giggles. Go look at the talking points of all of the other programs in this league. Every show host that has a say about an ACC program, every message board that discusses this sort, this was the conversation. Well, that's it. They're out. They're as good as gone. Yes, because they also know that represents the feelings of Clemson. And once the ACC loses Florida State and Clemson, you can call it a day. You're irrelevant. Basketball doesn't do a thing. That's why it's such a relief to hear that officials at Florida State are willing to take the step, though. It, it, again, it's just it's a moment of joy because they know this bell can't be unrung. And whether it's for an intermediate measure, which is the ACC pays us out more money right now, which gets us closer to the figure to leave, right? Yeah. The more money you pay us now, the more we're just going to bank that away so we can pay you to walk out. Whatever, whatever it is, the change is coming. Florida State is going to be in a better financial position in the near term. And then it's just a matter of how long is that medium term going to take until we're out of the ACC. I love it, man. It's just we've had so many officials at that. The athletic department hasn't been structured as healthily as it is now. We've, we've oh, Very healthy. So, Pulling in the right they're, direction, baby. They're in a position of strength to be able to speak out loud where maybe some of the previous directors were not. But that said, the company line was always towed. Well, we need to make sure there's equal revenue distribution because the health of the entire conference is what's really important here. No, these, it's not. These neighborhoods, not these neighborhoods, Tom, need to have proper tree trimming. We've got to make sure that the hedges look good in this subdivision, even though this is the lesser of the subdivisions. We've got to make sure that we pay the security guard at the gate up front Something, maybe not what we pay the guy in the back, but we got to pay him something. 
15% of revenue generation, 7% of the payout. That was the figure. Yeah. yeah Double our money. We More than that. That's we are a worth sad. more than two times what we are being paid. We don't even want that. You. I'm going to argue we don't even want that. I, that's a salve. They don't even care. They, they want out. This is just a means right. to have a conversation. They're not, they're not doing that. They're, it doesn't do anybody any good. What if the ACC came back tomorrow and said, we'll give you 12%? Oh, we take it. But we're still trying to get the hell out. Right, you just you just know, but he's yeah. That lump of cash goes <laughs> and allows for you to pay him off sooner. It's just whatever the case here, we are closer to finding a way out. The light at the end of the tunnel is you might even see some mountains in the distance outside of the tunnel. It's not just this white light anymore. There's shapes taking form there. We're getting ever closer, and the university decided it's go time, and that's the important thing. They are willing to go on the record, and now. What's the next step? It's got to be in the courts of some in some way, shape, or form, or with legal documentation presented somewhere. That's they know where this is going. You can't stop what they've done already. <laughs> L. Mitchell, you made me laugh. Carol is a good partner. She's just not the right partner. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe he did it. He said what we already knew to be true. Yeah, I mean it was. Um, it was, it was such a breath of fresh air because we've all known this behind the scenes. We've all thought, well, who are we kidding here? I mean, this thing is dead in the water. Go back. You were there. I was holding it down in Tallahassee at the time. You were at the ACC kickoff. And when Jim Phillips got up there and meekly stutter-effed his way through that address, I thought, well, my God. I, I thought you were from Chicago. What has happened here? That was some of the most disgusting. Uh, well, I don't want to get into that. It doesn't matter. It's it's in the rear view. The the point is that that day, that speech, I would. Oh, it's over. There is no secret plan. I was unaware of. There is no out that I didn't foresee. There's. He knows they're screwed. He basically got up there and said, "I'm so sorry." I'm so Save sorry. me, Jimmy Pataro. Save me. somebody. Get get me out of here. He was sounding the horn. Guys, <laughs> I got to go. Somebody throw me a life raft. So, you know, it was at that moment, everybody else kind of looked at each other, all the other programs, and went, when are we going to get the email? And you and I talked about it. It's like, uh, fellas, uh, the time has come. Now, I'm sure behind the scenes they were already looking at. I mean, dissolvement is is worth pursuing to try to get enough people to be concerned about their own self-interest that the that the conference could be dissolved you got to get these guys thinking i think that's part of what alfred's doing here and and maybe you know it's not a singular thing it's hey louisville hey you know syracuse boston college you guys this league ain't going to exist right i think when you make this move this is just me judging those particular players and, and there were more voices in the room that were going back and forth and establishing the facts and establishing the record and the board minutes and all that kind of stuff. But the principal players here on Friday were Michael Alford and Peter Collins. Correct. And you can tell that there was a conversation before there was a conversation, but they don't strike me as individuals who make a move and say, all right, let's see what they do next. Let's see what happens. They've already played out the scenarios and they said, all right, this is just the first in a series of moves. Again, Collins going on record 
with Ira for the column that was released today on warchant.com saying we have a really good handle on the grant of rights. When has a quote, anything akin to that ever been spoken by anyone in the ACC before? That's a massive quote. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, again, representing or showcasing strength. I, I think they're trying to tell you that, you know, the plan is in place. They're going to aggressively pursue all options. I'm not real sure, and this is the part that concerns me, that we're in a position to challenge this in court. And, you know, we'll see. I don't know that Peter Collins means that when he says, I'm not saying he doesn't think that they have a handle on the grant of rights. I don't know that the next logical step is that they're telling you they're going to pursue this in court. I don't think it means I, that. What I'm saying is putting that quote out there, mm. and making that decision, choosing your words carefully and deciding that this is something that you want to go with signals to me it's, that whatever comes next, they've got a plan for it. And that should make us all feel better because I, I don't think this was some willy nilly saber rattling without any, you know, substance behind it. If so you, just from our perspective of watching on the sidelines as this thing plays out. OK, they they really they mean it. They mean business when they're saying what they're saying about moving on and moving forward. And awesome. That's what a critical period of time in college football history for us to be taking this approach. I love it. You know, a member of the principal parties involved is talking outside the family, to use my analogy. I mean, it's, it's a big deal. You're absolutely right. They've decided they can be quiet no longer. And if you've studied Michael Alford since he's arrived, he has been calculated at all times. He is selling at all times. He is posturing, presenting, uh, uplifting Florida State stature at all times. There is an angle upon every public comment. That is not me implying that it's insidious in any way. That is, in many ways, what politicians do. And a lot of times, an athletic director has to be a politician that represents the university, obviously. So he's going to try to put Florida State's best foot forward. He's going to give you the numbers that best represent Florida State. That You could counter this if you wanted to, if you were one of the other schools, and say, well, now, hold on. That was rather convenient. You chose these sets of stats. Let's also look at this. I get that. that you could do that, depending on your angle, right? But everybody's going to best represent their vantage point, their viewpoint, and their best interest. But I I know that Michael Alford so far has not been a guy who has loose lips, who just decides to say something uh, because, you know, he's agitated. No, no, he's cool, calculated, collected. That's good. It's one of the reasons that we've put him uh, up on a statue, up, to, uh, you know, up on a pedestal so far, is that he's nailed it with the hires. His public comments about very public issues have all been uh, really, really solid and consistent. Uh, I think that we've seen that he has a vision for Florida State. He's got a, a, a methodology. So there is no doubt he didn't just willy-nilly show up at this and decide now's the time. No, no, this was on the heels, no doubt, of an awful lot of frustration, an awful lot of conversations that did not end with any sort of a breakthrough that suggested to Florida State that things were going to be okay. And they can't sit idly by and watch those you have to compete against and with continue to whap you with an annual, I mean, at this point, and, and by the way, that's the other problem is, and I'll read that quote in a second, but the other problem is that it's not just that you're going to get throttled to the tune of 30 plus million dollars by those you're seeking to compete with. They, ne they renegotiate before you ever can. For another television deal, that number's going to go way up. It's going to be more than 30 and 40 and $50 million that you're getting lapped by. Quote, 
We have to do something. We drive the media value in this conference. At the end of the day, if something is not done, we cannot be $30 million behind every year compared to our peers. It's impossible was the response that Michael Alford gave when Peter Collins brought up, uh, you know, whether or not they could compete with the SEC and the Big Ten. And he basically did not want to uh, allow for any, I guess, breath or space within that commentary. It is impossible. There is no way. Don't ponder away. There isn't one. It's impossible. He's right. He's right. We've said that before. Um, It will be curious to see the next step. I do like that it stirred the pot in such a way that the entire conference is talking now. And once you've done it, you've let the the genie out of the bottle. This will continue to be on the lips of those that cover the conference, those that work within the conference, and all of its member institutions. Jeff Cameron, Show 93.3, Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com. FSUHomeLoans.com. Show good Monday, man. Thanks for being here, ladies. Too got asked the question by Zyler Jeff. What are the other ACC teams' media folks saying? I'm interested, given that you listen. Yeah, I did a combination of listening and reading, and uh, kind of surfing about the ACC. Uh. I think some of them, from what I could tell, certainly take uh, offense to the idea that they're an also-ran program that doesn't matter in the big picture of things. It's hard to hear that about yourself. You know, if you're one of these programs that recognizes um, that uh, you don't bring an awful lot to the table, I mean, that's a blow to the ego. But those that are realist and pragmatic understand something that's been true for a long time. And... It's funny because you can look at the ACC's deal in a lot of different ways. Uh, the ESPN deal with the ACC, you can look at it a lot of different ways. If you look at it from Florida State's vantage point, you're at a distinct disadvantage, and you're going to have to find a way to maneuver your way out of the conference. Clemson feels the same way. But you know who doesn't feel that way? Wake Forest. You know who doesn't feel that way? Those programs that feel fortunate to have the deal that they do. When you talk about the fairness or the unfairness of a deal, well, you can say that the ACC is an unfair deal to two teams, maybe four teams. Those four teams, if I had to stretch it, would be Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina, maybe, and Clemson, I mean, and Miami, maybe. Maybe you would say it's an average deal to the middling teams of the ACC. Like, does NC State think it's a bad deal? Probably not. I don't know that they could do better. Is it a bad deal for Virginia Tech? Mm, I don't know. Kind of tough. Is it a good deal for the programs I didn't mention just now out of those six? Probably. Probably a pretty damn good deal for the Wake Forest's Dukes of the world and 
some of those programs that uh, wouldn't be making the annual payout that they do if they were not in this league. And I don't know that if we started from scratch, they would ever be in this league, given the modern landscape of football rules, the roost, and the television dollars that come with. You're not, you're not watching networks racing to grab Wake Forest or Duke or, or even Virginia. I mean, I, Virginia is one of those teams where, Tom, I don't know, would you put them in the middle? I mean, well, I would tough. say because of some of the member institutions that are in the power two, like a Rutgers or an Indiana or, you know, a, a Vandy, you could make an argument for some other schools in the ACC that fit a similar profile, but they're grandfathered into those other two. Yeah, but I'm saying they're they're thanking their lucky stars, the Vandys of the world and the Rutgers of the world and the Maryland's who got out and joined the big. They're thinking they're lucky stars because they, they know they don't bring a damn thing to the table. Yeah. They don't bring a thing. And the teams that I just referenced out of the ACC and their annual payout that they receive, they're in heaven. That's to your point. You've been mad about this for years. Like, those teams know damn well. They got no business. Georgia Tech has no business bringing in the money that they bring in from this deal. None. And people at Florida State at the time, early on, after this was all signed, mostly because the president who signed it was, you know, still serving at Florida State University, would say on the record that, well, it's in the best interest of the conference to make sure that disbursement is equal. I mean, what in the world? That was never true. It was never true. But now we have people who are putting their chest out, pounding their chest and saying, we have carried an awful lot for this conference. The only reason ESPN is paying us as much as they are is because of us. Sorry to tell you, it's not because of Big Monday. It's no. not. Well, we know that now. The numbers are there. It's revealed. You know, it's an 80-20 or thereabout split, football to basketball. Yeah. You know, I mean, look, and it's it's probably trending more down the line to 90-10. Basketball doesn't matter. It's eyes on sets. Do you bring eyes to the television? It's not your regional footprint anymore. It's eyes on sets. Pete, I'll read you on the other side, brother. It's Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Hour number two, forthcoming. Stay with us. 